to coach interview really excited to to talk to you i followed throughout the season and um really impressed by how you played and and so really looking forward to our conversation um all right so you you've been at misericordia since 1997 so right did i did i read that right head coach for the women since 2000 oh okay all right but you were um so maybe maybe you could talk just a little bit about how you ended up at misericordia your your soccer journey sure um as an undergrad this is actually where i played uh throughout my college career and then i became an assistant on the men's side um with, with the full intention of staying in the men's game honestly and and making a college career of it and then fortunately in, in the year 2000 the women's job opened up and you know my first take was i'm going to put my name in the hat or put my name in. And if, if I get the position, you know, run with it for a couple of years and then try to get back to the men's side as quick as I could. Uh, but I absolutely fell in love with coaching the women's game. And uh, within a year or two, I, uh, I decided that this is where I'm going to be. And, and this is the run I want to make with, uh, with the women's program and, and haven't looked back since. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how did you go from, playing graduating to assistant yes. is that how you yeah okay wow so you really you you never some degree you Correct. never left wow okay um all right so i was looking uh again because i was really impressed by your team and and um a couple of your players who are just the bomb like i, I was in the women's game at any level, I thought they were just outstanding. Um, and I noticed, all right. So basically the way I looked at it is that from 2012 on, you sort of got on the map, right? Like you are on the soccer map of the women's game in division three. Um, and I was just wondering what, what was it about 2012? Obviously, you had 12 years of work going up into it, but it was did there anything change or did you do anything that sort of it all congealed and then all of a sudden you got onto this role where, where you yeah, are it today? Was, it, it, it was a build over time. Um, you know, when I, when I first got here, we, we were an extremely low-level team. Uh, we could win games, but we weren't playing a very strong schedule. Uh, so we knew to make that jump and get to the national level that we had to see that level of team on a, on a more consistent basis. Um, so when we started to jump our schedule in the 07, 08, 09 era, you know, we start we took some lumps. Uh, we still didn't have the players that, that, that were able to mm-hmm. compete and win at that level. Um, but we had some players that were getting the experience that was necessary. Uh, and then I thought we got a really good recruiting class in 2009. Um, and we threw them at the wolves, and uh, if we we took some beatings in '09. We, I mean, I think we started off one and eight, something along those lines. Nice. Uh, but they were the seniors that then led us in 2012, and you could just see the development start to come. And then finally, in 2011, we mm-hmm. got our first win in the national tournament, and then you could see a little confidence mm-hmm. starting to set in. And then when we were, went on the run to the final four in 2012. Then it, then we just had to maintain where we were at and uh, and try to yeah. get a couple extra quality players to, to be able to keep us at mm-hmm. that level. And uh, fortunately, we've been able to do it mm-hmm. for the last 11, 12 years. Yeah. And so that's what you've been riding on. Not riding on, but that's sort of what you've been doing is just 
how do you augment what you already have? How do you augment what you already have? Yeah. Um, let me. I'm just curious because you're in you're in PA, and and I always say you could throw a stone and hit a Division three soccer program, and and where where are you? Where's your like sort of your area of recruiting? Where do you generally pull your players uh, from? Mainly Mid Atlantic region. We're we're big New York, New Jersey, Maryland, uh, Pennsylvania. That that's mm -hmm. pretty much the bulk. Uh, we do have kids from mm -hmm. outlying areas. We've had West Coast kids, um, kids from the Midwest, but mm -hmm. there are specific kids that really want one of our health science majors and typically have some sort mm -hmm. of a tie to the East Coast where they want to get back here and play. Um, but mm -hmm. predominantly mid-Atlantic region, but we'll recruit nationally, uh, but we're going to get the ball. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because you, uh, you're, a, again, a high-level program, and I'm, I'm just wondering, do you, I mean, do you find yourself competing with other schools for, ki for players, or do you find yourself competing more for players who, you know, have this idea that they're going to go Division yeah, One? Yeah, most of our recruiting is against the, a lot of the D1 schools. Um, a lot of mm -hmm. the uh, Patriot League, Ivy, those sorts of kids. Um, mm -hmm. And then within Division Three, the other top Division Threes. Um, you know, so it's pretty mm -hmm. much what you would guess our recruits are coming from. And yeah. it, it's typically an easier recruit if they're looking at other Division Threes already because then they, they've bought into yeah. the idea and the concept of what we really are. Um, but we can still yeah. um, sometimes win the recruiting battle when a kid's just down to us in two or three Division ones um, because we can provide them the, uh -huh. the whole experience academically and be able to make the run at, yeah. at a national tournament run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's always tricky. That's the thing that I'm hearing a lot about, right? Like competing with other schools, but you're competing just as well with these, again, I call it D1 or bust, right? Like they have it in their minds that that's the level that they have to get to and think they miss out on a lot of good soccer um all right so i gotta ask what is your overall assessment of your season so if somebody off the street says hey how did you guys do this past year what what would you say um we, we left it all on the field which is what i was most proud of and that's what i said to the girls after our after our last match there with hopkins you know we, you can prepare yourselves for, for the entire year to get put into a position to be able to make a run in the tournament. And, uh, and I felt we did that. Mm -hmm. And then when you get to the tournament, a couple things have to happen. You have to stay healthy and, and things have to bounce your way a little bit. And, uh, you know, I thought we were a little unfortunate at the end, um, injury wise, but you know, it happens to everybody. And, uh, it's yeah. just, it's, it's part of the game. You, we just try to put ourselves in a situation like that every single year until things really work out mm -hmm. the right way. So, you know, disappointing from the standpoint where we, we felt we had a good enough side to win it this year. Um, mm -hmm. You know, just unfortunate at the end where, uh, where we ended up uh, at the end yeah. of the day, but proud, proud, of, proud of the ladies. I mean, yeah, yeah. In, in fairness, you did. I mean, Hopkins was, uh, uh, you don't. You're not going to get to the national championship, right? Like playing easy teams. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then obviously the eventual national champion. Um, I watched some of that game, and I and 
I, I was imp- again uh, just impressed with Hopkins. Just how, I mean, they were just really powerful, and and I thought you guys gave a fight, but I just thought at some point they just turned on that gear that they had seemed to have, and it they at those time at those moments. Um, um, what are are there any highlights that 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 come to mind? Um, not in particular with field stuff. It was just a, the, the biggest highlight for me as a coach was just where our team was mentally all year. Um, they really stayed within mm-hmm. themselves, uh, stayed focused on the daily details, and really didn't look ahead at all. Um, they do a really good job of just doing what we need to do today to become a better program. And I thought this group did, a, mm-hmm. did an absolutely amazing job with it. And I thought our captains mm-hmm. really kept us on point the entire season um, where uh, – you know, this is one of those years I didn't have an assistant this year, which uh, was just a, a, a unique oh, wow. situation um, mm-hmm. where my my last assistant got offered a, a good position um, over the summer. And, and I told her, this is something you need to do to, to make your next step. Yeah. Um, so mm-hmm. our captains and our players really held things together for us. And, and I was thrilled uh, with, mm-hmm. with how they managed the season. Yeah. Hey, um, was there a point? Was there a point during the season where you thought, man, this team is is really special? Like, usually to me, maybe, like, there comes a point where either you're tested or, and you, and you, you, you the team solves the problem in front of them, and, and you're like, wow, this is, this is, this is a special team. Knowing, that you've had all these years of success, right? I think one of the one of the things we talked about early in the year was we just always prefaced our team like the time is coming when we're going to be pressed and tested. There's going to be that match where things mm-hmm. just don't go our way, and uh, mm-hmm. it happened a little bit when we played Messiah. I thought we gave up, but we went up one zero, and then we gave up a bad goal on a corner. They earned it, but but a ball that our keeper mm-hmm. botched. Um, just on a miscommunication mm-hmm. call. It's a, it's a play that she'll make every single day, but it happened, you know, and all of a sudden it's 1-1, mm-hmm. and then how do we handle it? And I thought we did a really good job with mm-hmm. how we handled that situation. Um, and then when we played mm-hmm. Stevens in the regular season at Stevens, um, that's a real tough place to play. And uh, it was just one of mm-hmm. those days where things weren't going our way, and we gave up a goal, and all of a sudden we're down, and then we had to come back, and then we give up another goal, and we're down again. I'm like, all right, it's time to be tested. This is where we're going to find out how good of a team yeah. we really are. And, and we put it together and found mm-hmm. two goals in the last 25 minutes. And I think that was the that was the key point in, in early October there where I was like, okay, we can, we can overcome some adversity even when things don't go well and the ball doesn't bounce our way mm-hmm. and, and we've got a real shot to do something special this year. Yeah. It's interesting because then you beat Stevens in the Mac Freedom for the championship, right. right? And at that point, I just score lines, right? You eked out the win 3-2 during the regular season. And then in that championship game, you beat them 5-2, which it's a telling difference, right? It doesn't – maybe it wasn't cl- as close or um, – that's when you started hitting on all cylinders yeah. or at least just based on the score yeah, and, line. And just, just by how they played us uh, this year, it was, it was mm-hmm. different than other years. Um so once we got a good look at that in the first time we played him during the regular season, 
we knew the best way to play them yeah. in, the, in the postseason was just to open up the game, not to try to keep them off the yeah. board, um, just sort of yeah. run our 11 at their 11, and we yeah. should have more yeah. by the end of the day type thing. So that's what the yeah, scoreline yeah. turned out. Game of goals, right? I always say sometimes the best tactic is just to score yeah. more. Yeah, some games <laughs> you know? it is, right? For, yeah, forget everything else. Like, just score more. Um, very good. Uh, I know you think you're, you thought you were close this year or you thought you had the – the. what is your sense about going into 20 – 23 like do, do you, i know it's early and the season hasn't started and you're going to be bringing in some players and you still need to but do, do you feel like next year is another going to be another step up uh in for the program or do you think oh we're, we're losing some players and and so there might be a little bit of a dip I, do you have any perspective on that i just think every year is unique you know, this is going to be one of those years mm -hmm. coming up where I think we're going to be every bit as solid defensively. Uh, we're going to be able to keep keep goals off the board. Um, and, and our National Player of the Year has two more years of eligibility left. So we're going to be able to score mm -hmm. some goals. Um, our biggest difference mm -hmm. is just going to be how we sort of have to play out of our midfield because the, the key group of what we lost were, are coming out of that midfield. So we're just going to have to shape some things mm -hmm. a little differently. Um I think we have every chance to be just as successful as we did this past year. Mm -hmm. um, but I think at, at times of the season, you'll you'll just see a little different look from us than the way we played this past year. Yeah. And then I think we'll uh, you know we should be able to make another step even even further in the twenty twenty four season, mm -hmm. uh, just based on wow. where the ages yeah. are and so on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, was there anything that you thought was challenging throughout the season? Did you did you have any struggles that you thought, man, it just that this could get resolved? Um, not not necessarily as a team standpoint overall. It was just just helping some kids manage some injuries. Um, you know, mm -hmm. we we were probably seven games in, and we had three of our top five forwards done uh, mm -hmm. for the season at that point. So. Wow. You know, we, we when you lose kids of that caliber for the season that early in the year, you, you start to, you know, look at the depth chart and say, like, where are we going to find all these goals? <laughs> um, yeah. But the group yeah. stepped up. So it was just helping those kids that did lose a good portion of their season, just mentally staying with it and, and rehabbing the right way and keeping them focused a year out in advance. Because, you know, they they did everything mm -hmm. everybody else did to lead us into the, this year's season and, and help us create the success. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we can only control the controllables. And, and once some of those injuries happen, yeah. it's, it's just helping those kids navigate through the, the difficulties and the disappointments of that and, and still making them feel like they're part of the success of the program for that year. And, and I thought our kids did a really mm -hmm. good job with that. Yeah. Um, all right. So changing gears a little bit, you only had one tie uh, that you mentioned, um, the, the against Messiah, which pro I didn't get to watch, but that must have been a cracker of a game. Um, do, do, what are your thoughts on having no overtimes? Would you have preferred that game to go to overtime and try to s settle it or? Are you comfortable not having overtimes during the regular season? Um, 
I'm, I'm torn. In that game particularly, yeah. I, I would think that Scott and I were probably both okay taking the draw at that point. Um, because mm-hmm. it, it was a, a game that started to open up later in the match, and at the end of the day, it was just yeah. going to be which team hits the quality ball in the final third at the right time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> my my take back of the of the no overtime. If teams play for that and they try to sit it in, it's hard to read what the draws really mean. Um, you know, it didn't really affect us. Yeah. We only had the one. Um, but, but there were some yeah. teams on, on both sides, but especially even on the men's side, where they have nine, ten draws. And at that point, you, you really don't know what that means about the team. So, yeah. Per, yeah. personally, overall, I, I would prefer having the overtime back um, to try to separate some of yeah. those draws in the regular season. Um, but in that match particularly, I, I think we were both okay shaking hands and calling it. All I'm saying, let's see if we see <laughs> yeah. each other later on again. Or, or you end up playing just like, you know, uh, rock, paper, scissors to figure out. That's what it sounds right. like, right? Like to figure out a winner. Um, that's, uh, I, I'm just curious about that because, um, you know, I, 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 I'm t- like you, I'm torn, right? I understand the rationale for it and I'm okay with making teams want to win for not, you know, in 90 minutes. On the other hand, the emotion of it is nothing better than winning. You know, you remember those games, right? Just because they're so, you're so emotionally invested. It's like winning a world cup. And I think that's a sad thing to lose out at. So, um, all right. So, uh, I do want to bring up two players who, I mean, are the bomb and uh, Michaela Fausolino and Emma Schweitzer, who both were on my D3 best um, 11, which is actually like 35 yeah. <laughs> players, um, just absolutely I, I, I'm incredible. And, and, I, and I think, right, was um, Emma was a D3 Honda Award finalist, yeah. which I think is encompasses everything it's not just player of the year it is encompasses academics and leadership and all those different things so let me let me ask how important are those two how important were they to your overall success what on the field and even off the field the the on the field stuff i think shows for itself just in in their accolades and, and what they do um, but I can't say enough about those two off the field and who they are as people. And, and I don't think it's, it, it's pretty difficult to get to that level of play without all the other pieces off the field and just being the consummate leader day in and day out, always showing by example. Um, the, Foz being a little older, we threw her into a captain role by her sophomore year because she was ready to start taking over that role. She's a big personality. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, on the women's side, it's important to have those big personalities, but it's important to know how to use yeah. those personalities. And mm-hmm. she knew how to get kids to, to buy into what it was we were trying to do. And, you know, we're, we're going to miss her um, tremendously, obviously on the field, but just from what she did from a leadership standpoint. And then pulled in those mm-hmm. other uh, fifth-year kids to help be great leaders as well. And I thought they did well with it. And then mm-hmm. Swites is the is a quiet kid. Uh, you get to know her. She doesn't talk a whole lot. 
but she puts mm-hmm. it on the field and and she goes a hundred percent every gosh. time she runs and and she trains we get done yeah. training she's out there finishing 50 balls at the end of every training session and yeah it's not you spend a day with either one of those kids you find out real quick why they are who they are um, it's what they put yeah. into their daily details yeah yeah great role models yeah. too right like especially for the freshmen coming in like I want to be like and they see what that what what that entails, right? Like I think that's, I I think high level teams need those folks, right? Like you need those players for other players to come in and strive for. That's and look on the field. I no exposure to them off the field, but on the field, you could. I always say I always watch games, and I'm always looking for that player, or or you know those players that that for whatever reason intangible can't explain it they stand out to me and the first time i watched you all those were the two that i was like she's special she's special um and, and just and it was to me it was glaring right like it was just so pronounced and um and and yeah just outstanding soccer players just so much so much fun to watch um all right, I gotta ask. So, knowing where you were um, in twenty twenty two, what it, what sort of plans do you have for the spring? What are your what what sort of objectives do you have? And and again, I think successful teams do really good jobs in the spring to prepare them for the fall. So I'm just curious as to what your what your plans yeah, two, are two main parts to it i think one of them has already started where we knew we just really had to start developing our new leadership within the program and that started as soon as our season was over and and i thought the group stepping up to do it um have started to fill those roles started to develop the relationships they need to develop uh, just so the team knows where we're looking and who we're looking to when we're starting to develop our, our schemes on the field um, then on the field stuff, uh, we're going to have to do a lot of work with our midfield, just getting everything tied together, organizing mm-hmm. our shape in there, and then tying the thirds of the field together. And, and let, letting players work their way into how they want to play it. You know, I, I think too many times as coaches, mm-hmm. we get an idea of how our midfield worked this past year, and then we try to get our other teams to emulate that. Um, I'm more of a, I'm going to let my, player, my players that are going to be playing there now play, uh, see how they want to morph our midfield a little bit, but they're still going to play within structure. Um, And I think it's really important to have the structure within our midfield, but give our kids the freedom to do what they want out of it. And then it's easier to pull Mm -hmm. kids in to to shape that if they're getting a little too far forward at different, at the wrong times or whatever. So on field stuff is just going to be letting our kids play out of the midfield. And then uh, once we find out what their tendencies are and how they want to play, um, just make sure it fits within the structure of what we're trying to do. And I think if we can do that, along with the leadership mm-hmm. we're trying to develop this spring, we'll uh, we'll be in a situation mm-hmm. to, to make another run. But, but we always tell the kids, and mm-hmm. you can't win a national tournament in the offseason, but you sure as heck can lose one. Um, and and I yeah. think our – Yeah, that's that's a great way to say it. That is so very true. And I, I so think our true. kids have bought into that. They want to make sure they – don't lose it and they have an opportunity going into August to, to put something together. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited. For yeah. It. Yeah. That's why I said earlier, I think the really good teams use this, the spring for that stepping stone to the fall, because you're right. 
you don't win a national championship. You don't win whatever you're going for in the spring. But if you don't have a good spring, you might as well just write it off for what I don't understand. Because there's a gap, right? Like there's I, I just think it's too big of a hill to climb if 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 you don't if you're not bought into a, a spring where that is competitive and that you're trying to do things like it's, yeah. it's, so that's a great part of it's because we just don't get enough training time even in the fall you know we yeah. we're playing twice yeah. a week and then you got to fit your recovery days in and everything else you you don't you don't get five six training sessions a week to develop what you want you get yeah. two you know yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a yeah. lot to do in the off season yeah 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 um just a couple more questions and then i'll let you get on with your day um what what does your you already have a ton of talent, right? Like what 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 was your what does your recruiting class coming into 2023 look like? Um are you trying to fill are you just looking for really competitive players? Yes, are we, Is it done? Yeah, are you done? Our recruiting cycles quite early. Um we've been done with our 2023 class for probably about almost a year now. Um it, Wow are recruiting so much. I mean, we'll go out and evaluate kids at showcases and all that, but our, our ID clinics are vital to us. We can really mm-hmm. put kids in the situation we want to put them in um, and challenge them in their weaknesses and see how they handle themselves as a person on and off the field. Um, so we didn't go into the 2023 recruiting process looking for specific positions. We went looking for the players that fit our what we do and then we can play them where we need to play them type thing. Um, you know, a lot of our mm-hmm. wingbacks are kids we recruited as forwards. Uh, but when they got to us, they may mm-hmm. not have been as clean of a finisher as the rest of our strikers. But mm-hmm. they're still fast, they're still athletic, mm-hmm. and they can defend 1v1. And in having yeah. seen us play, you see how we release our wingbacks. They're, they're forwards that want to run, yeah. they want to go. Flying. And that's <laughs> and that's Flying. why positions to me when I'm recruiting, I, I'll, yeah. I'll watch a kid in a spot, but then I'm going to be like, okay, where do you like yeah. yourself? Here's where I like you. Um, but yeah. we got a couple special kids, I, I feel, in the 2023 class who are really going to be able to come in and step on the field immediately and help us. Um, yeah. we're, uh, yeah, we're excited about that group, and, and the 2024 class is looking to, to shape up pretty well as, as we speak. Yeah. Um, you're, you're not, uh, it's not afraid. It's not the right word to say it, but you're, you, you're unconcerned about whether they're a freshman or a senior, you're going to play the best, yeah. right? Like, is that fair? Yeah. Like, best 11 yeah. step on the field. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of that's generated yeah. from their experiences. Um, you, yeah. you know, that's really what we're trying to create for the, for these kids. It's just an opportunity to get the experiences at the pace of play. Um, sure. The pedigree of the club team they played on can help, but, not be not because of the club, but just because of the pace of play they mm. may be surrounded by on a daily basis. You know, if you get that kid that plays mm. for a little lesser of a club team, they can still be a real talent, but it still takes them time to get used to the pace of play and the ball movement and the decision mm. making um, when they get here. Yeah. But but yeah, our our best eleven are gonna play for us uh, regardless of. Yeah, because yeah. I know. Well, I know Emma, right? She was newcomer of the year whatever the title is for the conference her freshman year because she's again out just an outstanding ball player um last question for you and you kind of alluded to it like what are 
I mean, what what it might be early, but do you do you have any outlined goals for for this fall? Like what even if they're aspirational, that I, I'll just say maybe the team is bought in, right? Like two. Yeah. So. Um I'm probably a bit different uh, than than most coaches when it comes to goal setting. Uh, I I don't do it. I I don't believe in it. Other than the fact of mm-hmm. paying attention to our details every single day. If we every day go out and try to be the best version of ourselves on the field, off the field, in our training, the whole deal, we're gonna wake up in November and be in a spot and in a position to get the results we're looking for. I think too many times, you know, you know, we, we set an early season goal and we don't reach that goal. And all of a sudden the level drops because of disappointment or all of a sudden you, you reach that goal and then kids are like, Oh, we accomplished it. So I, we don't spend any time within our program talking um, about specific goals or things we want to accomplish during the season, but we evaluate daily on whether we achieved our goals for the day. And I think if you keep it in that small 24-hour cycle and players can daily evaluate yeah. themselves, you can catch yourself in a short pattern of time if you're not doing what it's going to take and get us where we mm. need to be in November. Um, I think it's cliche for everybody to say at our level to be like, we want to win a national title. It's like, well, yeah. It's like me yelling yeah. at a kid when a kid shoots and misses the goal. And I'm like, hey, put it in. She's like, yeah, no, duh. like I, I know that's what I'm trying to do. So I don't have to say that. And, and I look at it the same way with our team. Like, I don't have to say our goal is to win a national title. because The expectation yeah. is there. That's what it is. But we can't get yeah. there if we're not doing what we have to do every single day. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we, yeah. we spend more of our time focused on those types of things. Um, and then letting the mm-hmm. results happen for themselves uh, off, off of that yeah. daily preparation. Yeah. Oh, it's definitely true. You can, and uh, it's almost like a trick question because I do think you can overlook those daily details if you're so focused in on winning a national championship. And, and, um, right. It's something, look, I'm, I'm just looking behind you in the, in the, in the pictures behind you. It's unset. You don't have to say it, right? Like just looking at those pictures, I'm like, there's an expectation that we're going to compete. And we're aiming to get higher and higher every year until we win the darn thing, right? And I think, I think that's yeah. You don't have to you don't have to enunciate it, and you just got to worry about today. So and that's, that's and pretty that's brilliant. We look for in the recruiting process too, and just the mindset of a player. Um, you know, not I want to become an All-American specifically, or I want to. I, I want the player that just <laughs> wants to grind every single day. The result yeah. will be will be yeah. becoming an All-American. But if that's just yeah. a goal, it's too easy to lose it. You know, you get off track yeah, too yeah, early. Yeah. If you look way too far out ahead of you. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's nothing but disappointment, right? right? Until it like happens. to me, to me, yeah, you end up being disappointed because, again, and ha- just sort of being involved in the last couple of years or the last year, it's there's a lot more to something like that than just being a good player, because it's very clear. Not all good players make that list. Right. And like, and that, so and that's you just, another, you're better off not concentrating. We, it. Exactly. And that, and that's another reason why we, yeah. I don't like the goal thing. Cause if a player of mine would make a goal of be, becoming all conference, she's good enough mm. to be all conference, but because she happens to be on the team that's being the most successful currently in the conference, 
they're, they're not going to put everybody on the first team all conference. So, no. and I tell kids all the time, if you want to be first team all conference, go to a different conference school because you're going to be their best player yeah. in many cases and you will be first team all conference yeah. or you can come here and compete yeah. as a team and we'll see what accolades you get yeah. at the end of the day. But we can't control, we can't yeah, control yeah. those a lot of times. No. Yeah, yeah. Do our best. Yeah. And, but you can't but you can control how you perform exactly. every day. Control right? controllables. Yeah, you know, if yeah. COVID taught us one thing within yeah. our program is that we don't control very many things. And in the few yeah. things we can control, let's let's capitalize on them and let's make sure we're doing what we can do every day to focus on the things that we that we have a hand yeah. in. Um, it gives you a little it, yeah, I think it yeah. gives our players a sense of empowerment and that that we can do this mm-hmm. and and I'm spending my time mm-hmm. on the specific things that are important to me and that I can make an make a decision. Mm-hmm. Very good. All right, coach. Want to thank you very much for your time today. I'm going to have to get up to Dallas, PA check it out. Um, one of these times. Do you do you, that I mean, can you disclose do you have a scrimmage? Uh we Will you be having a scrimmage this um, spring? This spring, we're, we, we are playing. We're playing Dickinson um, and Susquehanna and possibly Bloomsburg. Um, for the fall, uh-huh. I think we're going to scrimmage Hopkins and, uh, and Vassar. Yeah, yeah. Iron sharpens iron, as they say at Messiah, yep. right? Like, it's very true. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to definitely have to get up there one of these times. Like I said, there's a bunch of schools that love to visit Scranton's right there. And um, yeah. so, um, so uh, thank you very much. Appreciate your time. Again, give shout out to your players who I was totally impressed with, bought into everything you were doing, just watching you on the field and Whatever you're doing, the magic sauce, you're doing something right because you, these girls can play. Appreciate you. These it's, girls can play. It's recruiting so. good kids and good players into the program. Once you do that, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know how it is. You surround yourself with good people. They make themselves yeah. better. And uh, our kids are yeah, really yeah, 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 very true. Very true. Yeah. So, all right. Thank Thanks, you. Coach. Appreciate the time. The yep. If you like this show, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. You can also find me on anti-social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks. This is a message from my chief marketing officer. I think this keeps him happy.